Welcome to the Jolly Podcast. I'm your host, Melissa Barrett. This podcast is for those who are interested in the conversation around equity, diversity, and inclusion. Each week, I'll be interviewing a guest who has something special to share or is actively part of building solutions in the space. Let's get started. Dominic Honoré. He was born in San Jose, California, but raised in Manteca. Both of his parents are graduates of San Jose State University. His father is a firefighter and his mother is a labor and delivery nurse. He's the oldest of two siblings, having a younger sister, and comes from a mixed race background. His father is Louisiana Creole, and his mother is biracial, white, black, and Puerto Rican. He says he's white passing in appearance. He went to East Union High School and attended University of Laverne from 2015 to 2019. He played college football as a linebacker and graduated with a bachelor's degree in communications in May 2019. He pledged Iota Phi Theta Fraternity Incorporated in spring 2019 with a line of two under the Theta Gamma undergrad chapter and Beta Zeta Omega graduate chapter. He is an ace. His line brother, Deuce, was also his teammate and was part of the process of Iota Phi Theta officially being chartered at the University of Laverne. He was a graduate assistant for academics and compliance at Texas A&M Kingsville for their athletics department and currently works for the outreach department at Delta College in Stockton, California, as well as substitute teaching for high schools within Manteca Unified High School District. He is aspiring to become an educational counselor at the high school, junior college, or four-year university level, as well as coach football. He's currently finishing up his master's degree in educational counseling with a PPS credential at CSU Stanislaus, which he will do in 2024. He currently resides in Manteca with his beautiful wife, Shabrielle of three years and his two-year-old daughter, Arabella, and soon-to-be-born daughter, Elise. All right, so I am excited. I'm excited every week, but as I get to speak this week with Dominic, who is a member of IOTA Phi Theta, member of the D9 community fraternity, And I am just excited because I started this kind of interviews of the D9 last year, and there's just so much great work going on out there that I think a lot of people don't know. I, of course, rushed when I was 50 years old, and there was no person in my family that was a Greek. So it was a whole new experience for me. And I just appreciate the brotherhood, the sisterhood. It's it's an amazing, just an amazing opportunity to live your life differently. So I appreciate you being here, Dominic, and am excited to talk to you. Yes, ma'am. I appreciate the opportunity to come speak. Thank you so much for having me. 
Yeah, so I figured we would just start a, a little bit with you telling us a little bit about how you got to where you are today. Well, I was raised here in the Central Valley. I was born in San Jose, but we came to Manteca when I was three and a half years old. Went to East Union High School, had the opportunity to go play a college ball at the University of Laverne. And that's where I got in touch with Divine Nine. And my first introduction to what the Divine Nine was was my freshman year at a BSU meeting. They did a tour in the main hall ballroom as you would say and they had all the tables of all the d9 there and i went to all the tables and they all thought i was white and they're like oh yeah we integrated this and this and this and i'm like i'm not i'm like i'm not white they're like oh wow like and that i mean that's been all my life but it was it was just funny that every every someone was like oh yeah we integrate like we welcome everybody blah 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 but the i think going to the iota table and just hearing the history and listening to the core values that that they have, that we have scholarship, leadership, citizen, fidelity, and brotherhood, like excellence in the classroom, being an upstanding member in the community, taking leadership roles in everything that you do as far as like just being the tip of the spear and being that, that man of action. And then always keeping faith, faith in God, we're the only fraternity with the cross on our, on our shield, on our symbol. And then brotherhood just, and I didn't understand what that meant, I guess, until I finished crossing and it's like, you're part of a lifetime brotherhood. Like I've seen that play out just in my professional and personal life, like everywhere I go, like, and I see a brother and they automatically see me like, and it's shaking hands, introducing yourself, you know, what do you do? What, what can I help you with? How can we feed off each other and build off each other? Like that, that has been like, I think one of the greatest benefits to me personally is like I can go anywhere in the United States and in the world even, and there may be another brother around that I can connect with and help out. He can help me, et cetera, et cetera. Yeah, it's amazing. It it absolutely is. And I don't think people quite understand it until they're in it. And you crossed a few years ago, right? I crossed spring 19 of my senior year. I was part of the first, I was part of the process to get IOTA Fight Theta chartered at the University of Laverne. So the first line was a solo, which, and it's funny, all of us are all football players. So the first line was my older teammate, who is like two years older than me. Well, yeah, he was two years old. He was a senior when I was a junior and he was pledging. I couldn't, he wanted me to pledge my junior year, but I was in the middle of off-season workouts and I pledged in the night and then going to 5 a.m. workouts. I was like, oh, I can't, I can't do that. So I waited to my senior year when I was done with football to pledge. And I got to pledge under our former national grant players, Richard Johnson, who was also one of my just mentors. Like I lived with him for a year. He welcomed me into his home and just taught me a lot about like how to serve the community. He's also a history teacher at Ontario High School. But he, I learned so much from him that like, I like now that I'm, you know, back home, like I take a lot of what he's taught me and how to like reach out to especially students of color and, and help them and serve them in different ways as opposed to other students, because they need certain resources and assets that others maybe don't require, especially in California. Yesterday, I went to the National College Black Expo in Oakland and students of color from California get, you know, advertised by HBCUs because they don't advertise them a lot out here it's growing 
but there's still a lot of work to be done. Like, and I brought a lot of my students from Western Ranch High School up there. Some of them are on the step team and everything like that. And they just got to see and they're like, wow, like we would never get this type of stuff like just at school, like as much like it's and again, it's growing at their campus. But just yeah. giving them that resource and that access to that, like that's great. Yeah. Like, well, and I mean, I think it's so awesome that you work at San Joaquin Delta College now. I work there part time and then I also substitute teach mostly at Western Ranch High School in Stockton and then also my alma mater, East Union in Manteca. Oh, wow. You're all over. Okay. Awesome. Yeah. <laughs> I love it. So tell me about, maybe you can talk a little bit about the history of Iota Phi Theta, because I know they have kind of a rich history and they came about uh, as one of the, the last of the D9. They There were a lot of things going on, I think, at the time that you all were chartered. Yes. So Iota Phi Theta Fraternity Incorporated was founded September 19th, 1963 at Morgan State College, which is now known as Morgan State University on the fifth step of Hearst Gymnasium. So if you think about the year 1963, we were founded weeks. So August 28th was the March on Washington. We were founded four days after the church bombing of those little girls in Birmingham, Alabama. The assault on the I forgot what bridge it was where they walked across the bridge and they all got beaten that was in April that, bloody that Sunday yeah bloody Sunday that was happening Malcolm X gave his famous grassroots speech in Detroit Michigan at the time I believe so there was just a lot of stuff going on at when we were officially chartered and created we were not founded by typical college students we were they were 12 members, most of them were in the military, and they were all significantly older than the stereotypical age of a college student. So that they all had, some of them had wives and kids and careers, and they were just coming back from the military on the GI Bill to get their education to further whatever career pursuits. So it was it was different. And we were founded so much later than the, the rest of the D9, because about 40 years, because at Sigma Gamma Rho was founded in 1922. So there was a big gap. There's a, about a 40-year gap in between us and the rest of the D9. But yeah, we were just founded right in the middle of like when everything was turning its head and we were and we were we were fighting to make the progress that we have now. Yeah. Obviously there was an urgency to create the the fraternity. Do you think that I mean, for one, I know it was founded at Morgan State, you said. Were there things happening there or they just they just got together because they knew each other or how how did this happen? A lot of them were childhood friends. Again, they were all service members. So they that that strong value of like patriotism and wanting to make the country better because it's like you go off and serve your country, but you're not equal at home. Right. They're like, we need to do something about this. Plus, it's in Baltimore. Baltimore is not far. It's a it's a border state when you look at the north and the south. So it's like you have that. So they're able to see they're not far from Washington, D.C. either. So it's like they're able to kind of just see what the heck is going on. I'm sure some of them are at the march on Washington because my like my grandpa lives in Baltimore, but is Washington, D.C. PD. So it's only a drive away. So I'm sure they were witness to this and they were like, we need to create an organization that's going to continue like to serve the community. 
So then in terms of, and I know all the D9 have community service and social activism in their DNA, and it's kind of part of fraternal life. So what components or how does IOTA Phi Theta engage and give back to the community, both locally and nationally, obviously? We partner right now, we're big in partnering with like the NAACP. There's going to be a youth summit at uh, Delta College in mid-March, I believe, that we'll be privy to. We also try to just kind of, especially where I'm at in the North Central Valley where we're at, you don't see us a lot. Everybody's kind of just tucked away. So we're kind of just partnering up with like the high schools and nonprofit organizations for like mentorship and just trying to kind of spread the word and bring more, I would say, just black community in this area. Like I know Delta College has what's called the Black Empowerment Edu- or Black Educational Empowerment Organization. Me and another brother of mine that I work with, Mr. Evan Wade, he put me on that organization. So now I'm like, okay, so what can I do to help reach these kids and get like get kids around Stockton and Manteca and even Modesto together so that we can like create some type of community here that they that can propel them elsewhere and they have a but they have a positive experience while they're still at home. Oh, that's awesome. And I know there's always opportunities for mentorship in the in the community. It's it's amazing. So So can you talk a little bit about, I mean, I talked a little bit about the sisterhood that I feel in my sorority, but can you talk a little bit about brotherhood and the, I mean, it it is truly a cornerstone of a fraternity, but how do you get a sense of brotherhood within your fraternity and how has that brotherhood really impacted you personally? It is, it's just doing life with people. It's just some of the brothers from the Bay Area were at my wedding. It's just the experience that you share with with men, and it's just and it's I almost equate it to like it, you're being a part of a team. Mm-hmm. You're, you you are you're doing meetings. You are you're trying to plan how to serve your community and like doing all and doing that work. Like because it is about work. Like I think kids get the misconception cause kids it's like you see strolling and you see all the fun stuff it's like no there's work like yeah we we are a for, we are a nonprofit organization that is here to serve the community so like you doing that work and going to events and just sharing in that commonality like hey like we all went through the same process to be members of this organization and now we're going out in the community and serving together and like you build you just build a brother you build a brotherhood with that and then Again, going across state lines and you and you recognize people wearing your colors and do, that went through the same process and are doing the same work as you, but they're all the way in a whole nother state. Like, it's like, all right, we already have a mutual understanding. It's like when you see somebody like you had like, it's like, oh, we were raised the same or we like whatever. It's like we were brought up in the same thing. So it's like we already know we don't even have to like discuss right. know, what what to do. It's like, we already know what to do because we all gone through the same process. Yeah, that's for sure. Let's pause for a moment. We'll be right back. So can you tell us a little bit about your specific journey in terms of 
like how you were brought up and how has that made a difference for you in terms of, and I know you're just, you're young yourself. I crossed when I was 50, but you, you crossed in college and it is a different experience, I think, at the college level versus an alumni chapter. Well, because I decided to, I decided to wait to my senior year, it was like almost like a transition into grad chapter because uh-huh. usually you cross like your sophomore year and then you do, you do all the undergrad stuff and you have, and you do the fun stuff and, and then you, and then you go into graduate where it was like, it was me. It was like, I crossed and then it was like, learn the stuff. Okay. Now I was in grad chapter meetings with when I was still living in SoCal. Uh, with uh, my dean and like so I was already put into like the more of the business side like granted I still got to enjoy it but I was already like because I live with my dean I'm already going to meetings I had the opportunity to be in uh, an AD for my Neil who came after me and he ran track at University of Laverne so it was like I was already put in like the work the process of like just hey like hey so because we were a citywide chapter so we're trying to like just get as many members as we can at Cal Poly Pomona, University of Laverne, Cal State Fullerton. My chapter was founded at Cal State San Bernardino. Like, so it was immediately like, okay, so let's get to work and recruit new members. We're going to the high school, speaking in the high schools, doing BSU summits and all this stuff like that. So it was, it was just, yeah, it was basically, yeah, like I said, a transition into grad chapter. Okay. Awesome. Awesome. So then in terms of the impact, what do you think the impact on the community for people of color meant for Iota Phi Theta? It's a platform. It's, it's, you think about even the different like organizations that were founded in our, in our history, as far as NAACP or Jack and Jill or anything like that, like it's a platform to be to be an upstanding member of the community, serve your community, and just fellowship with people of like-minded individuals. And in doing so, it's like you build camaraderie, you build a, a community with people. It's And it's not even just with IOTA, it's being D9 in general. Like you, you meet, like I met you at the Juneteenth celebration in Lathrop and it was just like, wow, like there's actually Deltas out here. Like, that's great. Let me go, like, let me go speak to them and introduce myself. The history teacher at Western Ranch, like I, he's an alpha. I walked in his office and I said his his founding date, and he was like, "What you know about that?" And I was Iota, and it's like, and now we have lunch every day, you know. So it's like being in this in these organizations. It's like you and you go anywhere, and it's like you meet other people, and it's like, wow, like you're out here too, like awesome, like let's link up, let's talk, let's fellowship together. Like, what do you got going on? Like, like, and that that's that's great. Like that's, that makes me feel whole as a person because it's like, I, I can, I don't even have to know you, but again, it's like you went through a similar type of process and you're in an organization that's out there trying to reach people and, and do things and promote the wealth or promote the well being of people of color like that, like comes down to. Yeah. It's pretty awesome. And it's funny because I think there's this, it's a kind of a love hate thing where we love each other. On the other hand, we like poke at each other, right? (laughs) Yes. And we're the little brothers. So it's like, ha ha, like, like, all right, well, 
We still have a family living. We can talk to them. Oh, well. Right. <laughs> We're here. We're here. We're all working together and doing a lot of similar things. And I think the more we connect together, the stronger we are as a people. And so I think a lot of times, I think we we look like we're trying to fight individually. But one of the things about kind of the D9 and the Panhellenic Council is really kind of coming together. And you talked about partnerships with the NAACP and there's so many opportunities for us to connect together. And in many cases, we're part of multiple organizations, it's the same people, you know, working D9 that are members of the NAACP or, you know, and so just trying to move the ball forward in our community is kind of, it shouldn't just be us, but we definitely have to fight and, and make the movement. So then what, are there things coming up locally for you all or that you want to highlight? Are there specific things within the mission or values you want to tell us a little bit more about? Besides the Youth Summit, not right now, no. Just kind of just preparing for that to kind of... What will that entail? It's going to be basically different high schools coming, and I might even be middle schools or elementary schools. I'm not, I'm not sure I have to get more information, but I know it's high schools, and they are going to come to this Youth Summit at Delta College because it's probably going to be mostly Stockton Unified, and they're going to come together, and they're just... Again, it's sharing resources and getting in touch with the youth because I don't think the kids know that there is an NAACP chapter in Stockton. Like, So just kind of making the presence known and sharing any resources, like sharing resources with the kids so that they can maybe reach out, form relationships, network, and figure out like, hey, like I can go talk to this person if I want to go here or whatever. We'll probably also be, Evan Wade and I will be probably sharing just like the different resources that Delta has at its disposal and being able to get kids, maybe direct transfers to HBCUs, um, all the service, the program that we have on campus, as far as the Black Educational Empowerment Organization for le the learning community they can sign up for if they decide to go to Delta College, different things like that. But other than that, yeah, I'm not in this. Yeah, I'm not sure. Every year, my chapter in SoCal, they do what's called Project Gyro, where we hand out clothes to the homeless during Christmas time. So we're always like taking donations and gathering up a bunch of stuff so that next year we have clothes and everything to give out to the homeless on Skid Row. Oh, homeless on Skid Row. Yes, ma'am. Oh, okay. Wow. Yeah. Interesting. So, and then in terms of kind of goals and aspirations for the IOTA, Phi Theta chapter, I don't know how big your chapter is. I know in the Central Valley... They're typically chapters aren't very large. And so the work falls on a very few and partnerships, I think, become more critical. Yes, they do. Yeah, the Central Valley is just, there's not a lot. So it's just kind of branching out and making connections with the different college campuses and kind of getting in touch with the students of color in the area just to kind of maybe spread the message and spread what we have to offer and kind of just getting, building more community around the campuses. And then even keeping in touch with the Bay Area chapter to kind of just all partner up in Northern California and get things out. Yeah, because it is it is very small. So it's it's hard to 
have people everywhere because you know so it's just doing as much as you can with the time that you have to build community and spread the message and just put IO on out out there on the map yeah i love it i love it so and you currently are substitute teaching and doing all sorts of things how do you think your you being part of iota how does that translate to some of the youth that you work with oh i get to talk to youth about it all the time so like the alpha that i work with the history teacher mr roland davis he is the bsu advisor at western ranch high school so they're always asking us like what is it like what are they what do you guys have to do all this stuff like that like like whatever and they ask a bunch of like the scary questions like i'm like guys it's not it's not that <laughs> just show up, work hard, you know, study your information, all this stuff like that. Because especially a lot of the young ladies that we have in, at the BSU at Western Ranch, they want to go to the HBCUs and they want to pledge. And I'm like, okay, like, just make sure you're researching. You research that specific chapter at the school, get to know the people that are already in there and just, and do your research as far as the organization agenda and make sure it aligns with like who you are as a person, like, and don't join for the the cloud and all that stuff. Like if you're not going to join to be of service and like build community, then like you probably shouldn't do it. Cause it's not all the the glitz and the the glamor and the fun and the parties and the strolling, all that, like that's a byproduct. And, but you have to be able to put in the work. Like we don't want, no organization wants t-shirt wearers. We don't want that. <laughs> we want people that are out there going to like do stuff because that's what it's all about. So that's what I really try to impart to my students because when I'm on campus, like, and he and Mr. Roland Davis, he's the history teacher. So he's always on campus. So it's like there it's resources for them to come ask us. So it's nice to be able to share that and get and get direct access to kids that are on their way to potentially take that step. Yes. And shout out to Roland Davis. He is one of my soror's husbands. Yes. Uh, so there are all kinds of connections. And mm -hmm. I'll say a special shout out to Evan as well. And he's been on the podcast before. So you have to check out his episode as well. He is just a library of resource when it comes to Black history and being a professor of African-American studies. He is an amazing individual. So what else can you tell us? How should we end? I'll just, as I say to the kids, this is a platform this is a community. We are here to serve. We are here to fellowship with like-minded individuals for the continued progress of people of color in this country and abroad. So if you want to join, just make sure whatever organization that you join aligns with your values and just get re just be ready to do work. That's it. That's it. And congratulations to you. I know you have a baby on the way. Yes, ma'am. Thank you so much. I appreciate it. Yes. When are when are you both due? April 1st. So the day before my birthday, but we probably won't make it past. <laughs> I'm being honest. I'm like, yeah, it's coming. It's coming. <laughs> well, congratulations. I know you have uh, another. Is it is she two or three? She's two. Two. Okay. So you're going to be busy. Yep. Girl, dad. I have, I have two girls. I love it. I love it. These are future Deltas. 
Maybe I, I'm gonna, I'm definitely going to expose my daughters very early to to the D nine to Greek life because I think I would love to carry on that carry on that legacy in my I guess my own immediate family. Like I have extended family members in Louisiana that I have a lot of like Kappas in my family. I have a lot of AKs in my family, and and they're all all in Louisiana. A lot of them went to Southern, but like I guess because I live in California, like just being able for my children and my grandchildren to continue on maybe something that I've started as far as being a part of Greek life and D9 organizations, like that would be amazing. But yeah, I'm definitely going to put on my daughters to Greek life. To, Fantastic. To... I love it. Well, keep doing the work that you're doing. I love all of the leadership that you all provide, the tradition that you're creating and the impact that you're having on our community certainly locally and, and nationally and abroad. So thank you so much, Dominic, for all that you do. And thank you to all the IOTA Phi Theta rat brothers, because I think what you all do is amazing. Whether you are the last of the D9 or whether you are the first, it takes all of us to impact our community. So thank you for all you do. Yes, ma'am. Thank you so much for having me. I appreciate it. Thanks for joining me on the Jolly Podcast. Please subscribe so you won't miss an episode. See you next week. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.